Welcome back to Talking Troy. I'm your host, Anthony Grieve, Deputy Sports Editor at Daily Trojan. I'm joined with the familiar faces, Taylor Mills, Sports Editor, and David Ramirez, the other Sports Editor. Taylor and David, how is it going? It's Sports Extra Edition Week. That's crazy. Um, it's stressful for us, but we're always incredibly excited to produce this sports-heavy content for you guys at the Daily Trojan. Yeah, it, it's been a very busy week. Um, I'm looking forward to it being over, and I'm looking forward to more postseason college basketball because I love this. Yes, indeed. I will agree to that. Thank you so much for being here. And yeah, obviously, this is a, a special edition of Talking Choice. Our Spectra will be coming out, or actually, by the time this is up, I think it'll be out. So make sure to check it out, please. And uh, first, I actually want to start, David. You're wearing a hat. Why are you wearing a hat? Oh, we're we're going this route. Um, I'm we're, just I'll just real quickly. Um, I'm wearing a hat because I was hair shamed by Taylor in a meeting a few months ago. Um, I I had a bad hair day. Taylor texted me on the side asking me if and I quote if my hair was supposed to look like that. So um, I've just been a little more conscious about my hair now when I'm around Taylor. So I just make sure I wear hats and stuff. Hold up, hold up. Innocent until proven guilty here, folks. I need to paint a picture for you. This was an probably like a nine a.m call with editors and David shows up with pigtails and I thought it was a really interesting choice. I thought that it was probably a last minute effort um, and I just wanted to know like did he mean for it to look like that on the zoom camera and so it was not meant to be harmful however you know being a journalist as I am I was just making an observation. I was asking a legitimate question. I was doing the investigation I was taught to do at USC Annenberg. Yeah I'll stay out of this but um I just wanted to bring that up. Anyways, so back to the topic of the week. So we'll be talking about men's basketball. We'll be playing UCLA Saturday. And then women's basketball, who is in play. Or by the time we record this, the result will be out. So we don't want to say anything about that so so, so far about the result. But they will be in the quarterfinal of the Pac-12. And depending on what happens, they either have one game left or their season is over. So, David, do you want to provide some updates about women's basketball? Yeah. So, um, they did play. They beat Arizona State yesterday. Um, USC is the eighth seed. Arizona State was the ninth seed. It was, it was a pretty comfortable win for USC. They got out to a huge lead, didn't really look back. I mean, the final score was like 71-65, but it was never really that close. Um, definitely a balanced scoring game for USC. I think they had five players with like nine points or more. I mean, if you're looking forward to Stanford, I know the game's going to be over by the time this is published, but if they can get, like, five players scoring nine or more and maybe two players at or around 20 or more, that then they, I think they actually might have a shot. Uh, but, yeah, Stanford's just so good, though. I, I, I prepared some stats for you guys. These are really fun. So Stanford's the number one seed in the Pac-12 tournament, um, the number four team in the country right now. Um, their head coach, uh, Tara Vanderveer, she actually has more career wins than Gino Ariema at UConn. Um, kind of ridiculous. Um, they didn't lose a game by more than five points this season. Um, they had two 11-game win streaks. Um, I think there was an 11-game win streak. They lost a game to Colorado and then UCLA and then another 11-game win streak. So a 24-game span where they went 22-2. and two. Um, Let's see. Uh, the two games against USC, um, Stanford won by, by a combined 47 points. So, um, yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't have a score prediction or anything, but it's going to be a tough one for USC, especially considering they played literally yesterday. Um, so if the season does end, I'll just wrap the season up with this. Um, they're going to miss Jordan Sanders, of course, but they're going to bring back three All-Pac-12 players. India Rogers made the Pac-12 team, All-Pac-12 team. Alyssa Peely didn't really play much. She got All-Pac-12 honorable mention. 
and uh, Maya Oliver was an All-Pac-12 freshman team honorable mention. So they have a good amount of players coming back. They're only going to lose one major contributor. So, I mean, hopefully next year's the year. But, um, I mean, I could be getting ahead of myself. Who knows? They might be Stanford, but that's just my take. Well, yeah, that was great insight. I'm a little terrified. After you said that, Gino Ariam stat, I just I can't put the case. I just, I don't, let's just not talk about that anymore. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's promising. They've got some great talent. I think India Rogers has been a straight-up baller the entire season. And like you talked about it, you know, Lisa Pili, even though she didn't play much, she's still extremely effective. And whatever happens, happens, you know. Like we've mentioned before on this podcast, Pac-12 for women's basketball is just disgustingly deep. It's just, it's just insane. And... Stanford is just not fair, but um, we will now move on. If 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 the season is over, then it is a pretty good, successful season. I mean, you you know, any season completed during this COVID era is successful in my opinion, and that's that should be the case. But now we transition into men's basketball, the pandemonium, the circus, whatever you want to call it, of the past week. Um, <laughs> Taylor, go ahead. Yeah. So um. Let's start off with Stanford on the men's side. Uh, not the same narrative as women's basketball at all. Um, I think I have a bit of identity crisis with USC basketball because I never know what to expect going into any game. Um, I don't know. There is a phenomenon where it's like when you're close to the finish line in a project or in a season, you see this like huge fatigue because you can see that finish line, but you also know that there's like this progress you have to get to get there, but you often overlook that. I think that's what happened with this USC team in the past two weeks, and that's why we saw such a slip um, on the Colorado road trip. But like, what an incredible win, and I think it honestly proved like this team's potential. So first of all, like they held Stanford, the trees, to 17 points in the first half. Um, I like I. I like I, I I'm just so shocked by that. Um, I don't know. Like everything seemed to be working on all four cylinders. Um, you know, like and honestly, like it wasn't even the Mobley brothers this time. And I think that's the best part about it. Um, Taj Edie had 16 points and um, he uh, made like four three pointers and was just on fire for the offense. And of course, we have our Trojan horse with Drew Peterson, who is, you know, incredibly inconsistent on the season. But when he shows up and he shows out, like the scoreboard can see that. And I was just honestly surprised at what I saw. And I was really, really nervous coming in because, like, this was it. Like, this was the game that would define if we, you know, held on by a thread to this Pac 12 title that, you know, has been the talk of the entire season. Um, so. I love that they've made this Saturday crosstown matchup even more cinematic, even more dramatic, because why not? This is the Trojans. This is what we do. We make things a show. Um, and so, you know what? This is going to be some great action for our fans this Saturday. Yeah, we'll get into that for sure. I mean, you mentioned some interesting points in terms of Drew Peterson. He had a great game. I mean, he was like what was it, 16 points, nine rebounds, about five or six assists. So he was doing everything. And this was after a couple games where... It was just not good at all. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But he, he's been playing really well, and that elevates this team for sure. And now the problem with this Pac-12 situation now of the championship you talked about a little bit, you know, UCLA couldn't get the job done, could never rely on these damn Bruins, and they lost to Oregon on the road uh, Wednesday night. So now w what has to happen is USC has to beat UCLA Saturday and 
Oregon State has to beat Oregon on Sunday for USC to win the Pac-12. Now, Oregon has been up and down. They obviously beat USC this season, and they also beat Oregon. But in that game against Oregon, Oregon was out, was without three of their starters. Then I think they just returned from, from COVID. So, it, I mean, I'm not saying there's a shot, but there's a shot. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, this USC team, you, you, talked, you touched upon it, but the Colorado and Utah series just looked lethargic overall on, on defense. Didn't look too good. Uh, I think head coach Andy Enfield talked about it. The second half against Utah didn't look energized, and they were just out of it. And coming home, you know, Chavez Goodwin and Max Agbonpo in the, in the post game talked about, you know, just trying to get on the right foot and get more positive energy and just get a win. And that's what they did. I mean, midway, I saw something on Twitter. It was funny. Midway through uh, the first half, someone tweeted that Stanford was projected seven points for the entire game. <laughs> I mean, that's great. That's just crazy. Seven points. I mean, they ended up with like, like 49 or something or 42 so it's i mean still a good effort but now they've got the the momentum going and in, into saturday taylor what do you think now is going to be the key obviously they played earlier in the season it's it's different now but the last game of the season all that but you know what's the key to, to usc getting the big win that they really need uh, that defense is really going to have to gel and it's going to have to work for both halves. Um, what happened against Oregon is um, the Bruins faltered in the final minutes and they lost a nine point lead that they had held the entire game. Um, and I think, number one, we cannot let uh, the Bruins get ahead um, because once we are in a deficit, um, the Trojans as a young team, can't really come together and figure out a way offensively to come out of it. Um, we don't have, you know, a deep roster of sharp shooters who like are consistent and who, um, you know, just have the straight ice in their veins for the entirety of the time. Um, we tend to, you know, re rely on Evan Mobley to carry us, but we again, like, we can't do that. I think, you know, this UCLA team faltered at just the right moment. And I think with this being a very impressionable USC team, like, we're going to be coming off or coming into this game with the, like on a really big high, you know, and we have arguably more to lose. But I think Enfield is kind of trying to rein his team in. He said, you know, on Wednesday night after Stanford, we're going to control what we can control. Um, we're not going to think about the Oregon, Oregon State dilemma. We're not going to think about what UCLA has going into this. We're going to focus on what we can bring as a team. And that means that this starting lineup is going to have to have maturity to focus um, and focus for the entire 45 minutes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about the players that I already mentioned, Drew Peterson, Tajidi, um, Chavez Goodwin. You know, these are going to be the players that this that are going to anchor this team. And um, it's surprising, like, when th we were just doing bracketology for um, USC going into March Madness, like Ethan Anderson, I thought was going to be that key factor for this team, but he's not. And um, I'm just surprised at like who stepped up. Um, but I think like now is the time to like, you know, pedal to the metal, go all the way. And um, you know what? Like, don't think about that Pac-12 title. Just think about the game itself. Yeah. Great points. I mean, it starts with their defense. That's, you know, this is, that's who they are. I mean, that's their identity. They're a defensive-minded team. And if their defense is clicking, their offensive clicking, and then they're just seemingly unbeatable at that point. You know, there's a couple people on UCLA that, that they have to look out for. Obviously, Tiger Campbell, the, one of their point guards, 
he just keeps them all together. And then one of my favorite, it's my favorite names ever, Jaime Jaquez Jr. It's just, it just flows beautifully. He's he's a great player, and, and they got to watch out for him. Jules Bernard, who's another guard. I mean, it seems like UCLA has like 40 guards on their team that are all ballers, but I mean, usually that's the case. But um, Jules Bernard is really great. They also, in the first game against USC, they didn't have Cody Riley, who, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar, Cody Riley is infamous for the uh, LiAngelo Ball incident in China. I don't know if you guys remember. He's, you know, when they stole the Louis Vuitton bags. Yeah, yeah, Cody Riley is still on the roster. <laughs> and and he's, he's a really solid player, a really solid forward. We'll match up against Evan Mobley. And one person I really think better step up, Isaiah Mobley, my good friend who uh, retweeted me a couple weeks ago. So shout out to him if he's listening. <laughs> but I really do I really do need him to step up, especially since if they're going to be matching up, you know, UCLA is a smaller team. So if they're going to be running a two-forward lineup, then or if they're going to be running, excuse me, a one-forward lineup, then you know players like an, an Isaiah Mobley, you know, he's really going to have to step up. And obviously Chavez good enough the bench comes in and just does, his, does the dirty work. So it'll be important for that. And I think, you know, I really want to see Evan Mobley just go off. I really want him to play a really nice 20 and 15. Give me like three, four blocks. I mean, just be perfect. Chef's kiss right there performance. So hopefully that works out. But their defense, like you said, Taylor, it's important. They got to get on a good note and wrap it up. You just got to get this win. And if Oregon State loses, whatever. I mean, like I think Andy Anfield talked about it in the press conference uh, too, saying like this group winning 20 games. It's just amazing if you think about the COVID restrictions and coming in with barely any time playing together, no scrimmages. So it's it's an impressive time. But we have to look forward now to UCLA. After UCLA is the Pac-12 tournament, any predictions? I know I'm putting you both on the spot. But any predictions for what will happen in the Pac-12 tournament? First of all, the last time that we had a Pac-12 tournament um, title was in 2009. Um, so that's over a decade now. Um, and Andy Enfield hasn't, you know, gone past the second round in quite a bit. Um, so, uh, you know, the odds are stacked up against us. However, um, I think a really nice point about this is that we just don't have like a stud that's going to carry the team. Um, we have like a solid like lineup that we're excited to see play. Um, so I'm, I really think that this team could make it to the semifinals and the finals, um, but they just can't let Colorado get to their head um, because that tends to happen, and I don't know why, and I think that's going to be like the game that defines whether this team will have a significant postseason at all. Um, however, before we get there, I'm going to put my predictions in for the UCLA game. Um, I think that the Trojans um, are going to be – not as high scoring. Um, you know, I think that uh, UCLA's guards tend to ha have a really significant impact in their ability to force turnovers. So I'm going to go with a 68-57 USC. Um, I'm too much of a casual to give like an in-depth answer. I'm just going to say like, I feel like games like this where there's a lot on the line and, and like the teams are pretty familiar with each other. Um, it turns out to be like a lot like a, a bricks on top of bricks, especially in the beginning. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a super low scoring game, like 69, 62 USC or something like that. Um, as for the Pac-12 tournament, I'm not even going to pretend like I can give you guys an in-depth answer. So I'm going to say, you know what? 
USC is going to win it. That's right. Yeah. Um, as long as they don't get behind, because they're definitely not built to play from behind. But yeah, USC is going to win. Boom. You heard it here first. Expert analysis only here on Talking Troy. <laughs> they, <laughs> that was great, though. But yeah, um, you know, the Pac-12 tournament is very scary. I think if they don't play Colorado, they win. But if they do play Colorado, then um, I think it's I think they're gonna lose. I don't know. I don't know what it is with this Colorado team. They just they really terrify me. But in terms of the UCLA, I do agree. I think it will be low scoring. I remember the first game, Ethan Anderson went crazy, had like five or six threes. I don't know if that will happen again. He, I think I don't even think he's been in double figures since that game which was like a month ago. So that's pretty scary. But I do think it'll be low scoring. I think it's going to be one of those grind out games. You know, I do smell a little 62-58 USC defeat. Or, yeah, USC wins. 60, yeah, if that makes sense. 62-58 USC wins. You know, whatever happens after UCLA, we can discuss next time. But UCLA is obviously the main priority. And whatever happens after that game... We'll discuss at a later time. UCLA, like I said, is the main priority. So that concludes our episode. Please make sure by the time this comes out, our spectra will be out. Please make sure to read it. Check out the beautiful layouts, the beautiful designs by our amazing team. And shout out Taylor and David for continuing to do this with me. And also for working on the layouts. Shout out David for his expert analysis, especially the women's basketball season. Mm-hmm. You know, David is our expert. In Only place basketball. to get it. Yeah. Only place to get this type of analysis. Talking Troy. Exactly. The attitude I want I want to hear. But yeah, thank you so much for being here. And obviously, thank you for listening. And uh, of course, make sure to follow us on Twitter at DT underscore sports. We'll be live tweeting uh, the US-UCLA game. So make sure to follow us there. Taylor, David, any final remarks? If Isaiah Moby is listening to this, I'm so sorry um, about Anthony. Please forgive my friend. Um, but I would love to have this tweet ratioed by Isaiah Mobley. That would be my dream. That's it. Also for him to make his free, th- free throws. But uh, yeah, that's it. Um, I put way too much time and effort into Spectra for only my parents to look at it. So please look at it. Please. Thank you. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, retweet, David. Uh, that is very true. And in terms of Isaiah Mobley, yeah, we forgot to talk about free throw shooting. I think he shoots like 45% or something. I will not discuss it any further. I think I'm already on his list, so I will just leave it at that. But thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to check out our Spectra, and we will see you all next week.